Well. Well, well, well. Hello, John. Here we are. Hello. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's going on? Uh, you know. I'm hanging out. Mm-hmm. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. Not much else. Got a lot on my mind. Yeah. Personally, you know, I have also kind of just been chilling, not doing a lot. Um, I think we both just kind of want to, I think we both just want to talk about the first part of the Homestuck epilogues. I'm getting this vibe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can do that then. Our, our shortest ever, uh, pre, uh, pre-discussion bullshit ramble. I, there's like mild setup to, to get through. Uh. Okay. In, in lead up to the epilogues, uh, when we last left Homestuck, we we had forgotten uh, about the failed Skynet Systems website uh, mm-hmm. that dropped on New Year's 2019. Uh, there there there's a certain I don't want to say character because it's a real person. There's a certain person who I've been like alluding to. Uh, that kind of plays a, a big role in the in the rollout of the epilogues. Uh, when we were talking about Friend Sam, I talked about a specific writer who mm. had had a role with the epilogues uh, that wrote two of the the Friend Sam routes, uh, mm. and that would be what pumpkin employee question mark uh, that goes by the username V from Homestuck. Uh, that was that was their Twitter username and. They, they were extremely active in, in in this time period. Uh, we had no idea their real name because they were just going by V. Uh, which good for them. Good, good for them that we have probably no idea who they are. Uh, unironically good for them. Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they had a really active Curious Cat account. In which they were very open about answering questions about upcoming Homestuck content. Curious uh, Cat is such a relic of this exact time period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, like when uh, we all moved off Tumblr, and for a while we were like, "I don't get enough weird messages." <laughs> yeah, from strangers. Yeah, uh, that are just completely in a wildly inappropriate. We should do that again. Yeah. Uh. Uh. But please continue. So V was uh, V the t- the two routes that V wrote uh, was the Marvis route. Uh, mm-hmm. So we we know how we feel about that. That was the <laughs> one that had the pits. That was the pits. That was the pits, but it was also the one that <laughs> it was also the one where Marvis was like weirdly aware of like the framework that he existed within. And yeah. t- talked about canon and stuff. And it got rapidly meta. It, it got it rapidly got very meta. Yeah. Uh, and, and also V wrote the Lonk route, so mm-hmm. you you can kind of see like there there's the there's one route that kind of focused on canonness canonicity, uh, and then there was another route that was like kind of poking at the fandom. Mm. Uh and I I see that as the two sides of the the epilogues. Uh because the epilogues definitely plays with those things a lot. Uh but 
there were there were a lot of there, questions, a lot of allusions to something big coming in Homestuck in the lead up to four thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big fake out at one point because four thirteen, like uh, I think V is also the name of someone in BTS. Uh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. V V is a member of BTS. Uh, and as, as we as we all know, Hussy got really into BTS around this point. Like there were. There were pictures of Hussy like in line at a for a BTS concert with like have BTS we, stuff. <laughs> have we talked about that? I'm, I'm sure we have. I know that we talked about it like when Psycholonials was happening, but that was like uh, over a year ago at this point, I think. Yeah. Uh, here I, I I have pulled some images for us to view. Here's here's Hussy wearing a bunch of BTS merch. Mm-hmm. Uh. Here's. Here's another one. <laughs> what a beautiful period in time this was. Uh, and here, okay, so here's the picture of Hussey in line for the BTS concert. Let's go. All right, so uh, BTS. BTS. We established. Uh, there was a big, there was a big fake out uh, because a BTS thing also dropped on four thirteen, and V was like, "That was it, guys. That was the thing I was alluding to." And if you like looked back on, like, everything that was said, like, it kind of made sense that it was a BTS thing, but then, like, later uh-huh. later that day, the prologue dropped on 4-13-2019, uh, uh-huh. and everybody lost their mind. It was the greatest day for everyone alive, uh, because Homestuck was continuing. Yeah. And then seven days later, on 4-20-2019, the entirety of the rest of the epilogues dropped, and everyone was killed, and it was horrible, and it was tragic, and you hate to see it. Everyone hated it. <laughs> Except yeah, me. I think that I think that that um that bring, brings us to like kind of an interesting uh point about like the way that we do this show. Um, because like it, it it's been it's mostly worked up to this point. Uh, I think like re- like just because everything so far has been like pretty episodic. Yeah. Um, the stuff that isn't episodic, we've yeah. just kind of one and done. Um, yeah, this is just like a whole ass book. Uh, and we're going to be reading it part by part, so I'm not going to have the experience of, like, reading the whole epilogues and going online to post about it with other people who just had the same experience. Yeah. So, I am curious, uh, I'm really curious just to see, like, how this thing plays, um, just, like, going through it with somebody else, like, uh, for the first time. Yeah. Um... And I suspect that it's going to be weird for you as well, because I'm going to guess that your experience was similar to what I just described of, uh, you know, read the whole thing, come online and post about it. Yeah. Uh, my my epilogues experience is I, I obviously read the prologue like as soon as it came out. Uh, I was very interested. I was immediately hooked. I was like, I need the rest of this immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, on 420, when the rest dropped, I I just started reading and I didn't stop. Uh, I. Jeez. I remember I was a sophomore in college when that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, my roommate was like concerned about me because I was just staring at a screen for like, I think it was like 12 hours straight, just reading. I, I, I remember when I started, it was daytime. And when I stopped, it was nighttime. So I, I was I was in the epilogue's hole just nonstop. Uh, and, and then when I came out and I, I enjoyed it, I thoroughly enjoyed my 12 hour experience i i cried mm-hmm. i i laughed 
I had some very emotional experiences in there. And then I came out and I saw that everybody was angry. And I was like, what's, what's going on, man? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> uh, That's always fun. Uh, it, 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 it is worth saying. This is where the whole Viz Media stuff came from. This is why Hussey signed with Viz Media. This is why Hussey like, made that whole agreement. It's because Hussey wanted the physical Homestuck epilogue. Uh, apparently, the original plan was this was not going to drop online at all. It was just going to be a complete physical release because Hussey had this concept of people walking into a bookstore and witnessing this cursed tome just sitting on the bookshelves. Which I think would have been a really funny way of doing it. I agree. Uh, but but apparently, like, Viz had a disagreement with that or something. Uh, because, because Homestuck was, like, just a free thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, there, apparently there was some disagreement somewhere that led to it being released online. Uh, but yeah, that's where, that's why Viz Media is involved. Uh, the... I think I think the news post that said Viz was getting involved was came out in like t- late 2017, early 2018. Uh-huh. Uh and everybody was like what the hell? Uh but this is the fruits of the labor. I kind of wonder uh from that story if Hussey also was like wanted it to, wanted there to be more of a barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. Um which I could see being the case but uh I could all. I guess now that I say it out loud, it sounds a little bit more ridiculous than in my head, just because you know, Homestuck's this big free internet thing, and Hussey's been on a big free internet guy for a long time. Yeah, just you know, doing his shit online. But also, you know, Cyclone News costs money, so I don't. Th- I don't think he's that uh, principled. <laughs> there was also there was also one other thing I wanted to touch on before before we actually dived into the content itself. Sure. Uh. During this period, the the physical Homestuck books were coming out, uh, also as part of the Viz agreement, uh, and we got all that that cool new hussy commentary. Uh, and one of the new pieces of commentary this was this was uh, from book three, which I think mm-hmm. came out uh, maybe like a year or two before the epilogues did. Uh, the the commentary on the Flash Jack ascend. Uh, from this point on, I just started shoveling more and more red meat into the story's maw. This, this stretch in where I was starting to get a feel for this type of sensationalistic storytelling content on something I'd later code as, mostly for my own internal purposes, as quote-unquote meat in the meat-candy binary of storycraft theory. I really shouldn't talk Mm. about this yet, though. It's too soon. I see. So the concept of meat and candy has been around... For a good long time, probably before it was introduced uh, as like uh, cherub food in Homestuck proper. So as far back as Jack Ascend. Mm-hmm. Funny. Which, uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh. Is there is there anything standing between us and uh, page one? Um. No. Okay, um, I I guess we can we can talk about our first reading then. So, uh, I guess um, do I'll we pose wanna... your question that you don't uh, go go, uh, go ahead go ahead. I, I was gonna say, do we want to start with the the like 
AO3 content warning page? Um, I guess we can. Uh, we, we can touch on it. Yeah. Um, there is an AO3 content warning page. Did you, did you read through this? I, I did. Okay. So, um, so your I expectations have been set. a lot of it. Okay. But my expectations have been set. Okay. Uh, I got the idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people thought this was a joke when the prologue dropped. Like, that mm. it was like a whole bit that like most of this wasn't in there. It was just for the sake of doing like a, like a pseudo edgy joke about like AO3 tags. Right. Uh, but as I said last episode, uh, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, rating mature, um, babies beware. Uh, consider this your final warning. Um, but, uh, it's our, it's our job, so I guess we will brave forward. <laughs> <laughs> Prologue. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask you first off, um, and you don't really have to, uh answer this but uh i was gonna ask uh why meat first or is uh because you know there's you gotta read them in some order and your easy out here is that uh the sticker is on the candy side which uh indicates it should be placed away from the customers on store shelves Mm -hmm. that's my theory um um there was a lot of debate in the first couple days over which should be read first uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people, a, a surprising number of people that I saw post about it, only read one section and just didn't bother with the other section. They saw it uh, as a literal binary choice of which one you get to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, which was scary to me. <laughs> um, but there is a there is a why meat first. Um, uh, personally, the the way I read it, the way I interpreted it, uh, is. The, probably the intended way you're supposed to read it is candy first up to a point and then meat first and then finish candy and then meat next, excuse me. Uh, and then finish candy. Because uh, there's there's kind of a point that like heavily implies in candy that you should probably read the other section. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah. Uh, and I, I it would be a easier experience if we just went ahead and read meat first. Uh, I'm in complete agreement. Because because candy candy is the section where a lot of stuff happens, and uh, that's probably where most people's gripes come from. Uh, and mm. it'd probably be more interesting to tackle that last. Okay. That is a good answer. All right. All right. So, with that all out of the way, uh, let's talk about the prologue. Yes. So... We open uh, in a jarring, monotextual fashion. Uh, we ain't got no pictures anymore. Oh my god! Color coded dialogue though. Yeah. Um. I guess like the experience of reading this as a book is really strange compared to Homestuck. I don't. I don't hate it at all, and I'm surprised at how well a lot of it translates. Yeah. Um. It's just a you know, it's weird. There's a it's weird. There's a Homestuck book. I just wanted to say that. Okay, so uh, the the prologue. Um, we uh, it begins with a nightmare. Um, uh, the POV character, we or our POV character is John. Um, as as the comic begins, and uh, we are introduced to uh, nightmares that John's been having. Um, it's uh, he's having nightmares about the world ending, basically, about par- all of Paradox Space uh coming apart. 
and the nightmarish void in the middle where everyone, every ghost goes to die for the last time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, not a great dream. So we wake up, we wake up in a cold sweat. Um, yeah. it's, we learned that, oh, go ahead. It's, it, okay. it's probably worth reminding everyone that the, the human characters had no idea what was going on with Lord English. Like they had their own thing. The, their goal was to win the game. All the, all the Lord English and black hole stuff was not part of what they were doing. Uh, and w- that's, that was Vriska's whole deal. That's what Vriska went to deal with. Uh, so while we, the reader know that there's a big black hole out there sucking up paradox space, the human characters don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- th- this is, uh, I think this, like, that that's an interesting point. Um, that like, it, it forced you to consider like reading, you know, the epilogues is like, I guess this is a problem with, like any, or like not in a problem, but, like this is a thing you see with like any sequel, but, um. Especially, like, you know, Homestuck ended for, like, ten years, or for, like, not ten years. And it hopefully ended for, like, a while. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a, you know, this big open-ended thing that everyone kind of, it was a highly pointed, it was like a, you know, the, the I'm going to try and articulate here. Alex, cut out the past uh, 17 minutes of me failing to speak English. Um, <laughs> that, like, Homestuck having ended, like, online means that like the the even me like reading the ending like years afterward like a lot of our conversation on it was like processed through uh people reading it like as explicitly an ending and then judging it based on how well it feels as an ending to all of homestuck and then now we are not there anymore yeah um and it it strikes me as a uh, interesting that um like it's a that uh the like the way that we process things on the internet and the way that like discussion on the internet uh unfolds like kind of just left us unprepared for a sequel and so I wonder how much of the growing pains or like not growing pains is not the word I'm looking for but like the pain of reading the epilogues is not expecting a sequel yeah um because it's just weird to put my brain back in the mode of like oh the story is continuing not like uh, ending on a really confusing note that I have to uh, rationalize and explain why I enjoy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, and that that just all off like the human characters have were never involved with like any of the Lord English stuff. Um, that was all like Friska's fight. Uh, and that's kind of easy to forget. I think is like how divided and like non uh like how like how uh non-unified the end like the ending of homestuck is like it yeah. just takes place across so much shit and like the whole ghost army is the the bearing that had on um the human characters is like the, the, they're just so so far apart in universe yeah um so yeah uh john has woken up from a nightmare about the paradox space ending um it is a uh, how many years in the future is it? I've already lost track of this important number. Uh, um, John's twenty three now. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's ten years after the beginning of Homestuck. Yeah. Okay. So our characters are now young adults. Um, youngish adults. Uh, and uh, let's see. So John gets a call from Rose, um, who wishes him a happy birthday. Uh, and. John confesses to Rose that he's been dreaming in anime again. Um, he's seeing this horrible nightmare 
uh, over and over uh, of just everything going apart. Um, let's see. Uh, Rose uh, is a little Rose is Rose is immediately is acting a little bit weird about it. Um, the the first thing that Rose says when John says I'm dreaming anime again is she says I have no idea what that means, which is a little bit, which which is uh, either a very noteworthy hole in her perception or just a complete lie, being that Rose is effectively omniscient. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The let's see. We also learn that uh, Rose herself is not doing too great, um, which uh, is explained. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to go through this like. I gotta spin myself back up to go through like a book instead of going through <laughs> a comic. This is hard, man. I get it. Yeah, I get it. All right. So John meets up with Rose, um, and uh, Rose basically outlines to us she, she does the prologue for us uh we learn we learn our our premise um and that is that john is offered uh well at this point rose tells john uh you got to go back and beat lord english because we never did that and in order for us to continue existing um outside of canon we have to fix up canon and make sure that lord english gets beaten yeah comes out with the gates with a lot of stuff um i think this is like the first like this is the first like really cool conversation this is like the part that had my eyes lighten up like okay we're back in the we're back in uh we're picking up where homestuck left off so i think yeah. that the prologue here like outlines uh like you were talking about like hussy's theories about storytelling yeah um it's like almost academic it, it is like academic something because it's fucking rose talking about it um so yeah uh Rose explains how um uh as she's grown uh as her sphere of light powers have grown stronger um and has become more and more of a all all this knowledge and like perception has become a burden on her uh as uh, her powers have kind of developed beyond what her uh physical body is capable of um and in this process, she's kind of come to to see things from an outside perspective, almost from like a reader's perspective, if you will. Yeah. Uh, she talks about how things are not necessarily good and bad, um, or the concepts of good and bad really don't have much bearing outside of a very mortal time frame. And instead, she started to kind of see things as uh, essential, um, and the whatever the opposite of essential is, she does not. Uh, because there's a too horrible to consider um and we also learn about uh the three pillars of canon uh relevance truth and essentiality hell yeah this is such a cool idea okay i'm sure that like okay (sighs) disclaimer i'm a stupid guy I don't I don't know a lot of high level literary analysis. So I'm very easily impressed by this. Me too. Me um, too. <laughs> but I think this is a really cool and useful way of like analyzing media from like a meta context in the age of the internet, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um 
I, I like that we're introducing these ideas as, like, we, we can now name these concepts. Because I, I think that uh, the whole, like, relevance through the sensuality uh, trifecta is a really good way to describe um, the way that uh, media discussion works. Or, like, the way yeah. that we think about media. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like, media, like, franchises and, like, uh, fan works and stuff like that. Um, especially Homestuck, because Homestuck is, like, the perfect ground for this, right? Like, yeah. Uh, there's the, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just outline these while I, I ran out. So, um, truth is like what is and isn't true. Like just things that are like, it, like the, the most direct analog to something being like quote unquote canon, um, the way that we think of it. So like truth being like everything that has happened, uh, on earth sea up to this point where the epilogues begun, uh, is a hundred percent true. Um, perspective of the story but it is neither relevant uh nor essential or it can be considered not relevant or essential at this point um everything that happened up to this point happened but it doesn't matter which is like you know it's a good way to think of it uh, as readers because we are jumping into it and it only is given uh relevancy or essentiality if the story brings it up later um essentially relevance is like uh, relevance, the axis of relevance, um, and correct me if I'm explaining this wrong, is like, uh, shit, how old would be the best analog for this? Uh, that's not just the story. Um, so things that are like, so, so things that can be relevant, uh, or essential without, uh, necessarily being true. So, for instance, like, uh, let's take, um, March Aridan until that was canonized. That was like, so, so like the idea of like Aridan cross-dressing was, uh, not true in the comic for a long time. Yeah. Um, not relevant for a while, but was arguably an essential part of the Homestuck experience for a long time. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, or like, uh, bucket jokes. Like that's something that's like, um, has a degree of truth to it. Um, has an extremely high degree of relevance to it, uh, but depending on who you talk to, is probably uh, variable in terms of essentiality. Um, this guy yeah. gets it. He's understanding. He's wrapping his <laughs> mind around it. I'm putting it together. There's neurons firing. Okay, so so we learn about uh, th- this concept of um, th- these these three axes of canon. Um, and Rose says, like, and yeah, uh, we have to we have to fix it up. We have to do more in the series, otherwise we'll be forgotten. Um this exchange on uh, page 14 of the prologue, um where Rose is like, uh they're gonna forget about us, is it's one of the funniest things I've read in recent memory. Um just it's just saying like we have to put up more homestuck otherwise people will forget about homestuck. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um so Rose explains uh like you're the only one who has to go back and do this. None of none of the rest of us uh we're all, you know, we're all chilling. We're done. You've got retcon powers. You're still canonically uh relevant. Um so you got to go back and you got to fill the hole in the story uh, that's missing about how Lord English was defeated. Um, yeah, and uh, the Rose uh, kind of leaves. She, she uh, okay. 
There's so much. This is there's so much going on here. Um, John leaves at this point. So let's see. We got to figure out how we do these because there's so much detail we got to pick on. Okay, so a couple other things in this uh, in this scene. Um, Rose's uh, there's uh, allusions to Rose's substance abuse problems and uh, historically, um, Rose in, is in pretty bad physical condition. She is taking a lot of medication to uh, get her through it, and so there's a concern uh, that she basically brings up first that uh, this is harkening back to her uh, substance abuse problems. Um, so yeah, that's fun. Uh, well, uh, we learned the green sun, the, the motive, okay, the, the, the instigating thing for this is that apparently the green sun, the rose has just learned the green sun has destroyed, has been destroyed. Um, cause Jade has just learned it because Jade has, uh, not, uh, used her first guardian powers a long time and they are now gone. Um, but, uh, Yeah. I think as as readers we knew this because we saw the green sun get obliterated into a black yeah. hole by Calliope in uh, the last flash. But yeah, yeah, that was a that was another thing that's a readers know but they don't situation. Mm-hmm. Dramatic irony. Uh, pss, pss, what else in here is uh, worth noting? Uh, let's see, the send off from the the Rose's send off to John. Um, it, it's it's appropriately on, ominous for a uh, a big scary book that everyone hates. Um, uh, she says, uh, "You're gonna uh, let's see." It's very final. I mean, she says goodbye, um, and she says, "You're gonna do great," and then just is like, "Goodbye, John." Yeah, and that's it. I I remember when when the prologue came out, and I and I and I read this part, I was like. Oh no, because because that you're that you're going to do great line is so heavy just on its own. It it's a little scary. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. And then the third and final part of the prologue. Um, we touch down the Carapace Kingdom. Um, we're we're learning uh, as we go on that uh. The, on Earthsea, you know, there's each of the uh, the the fantasy races that were moved on to Earth that have kind of their own kingdom. It sounds like there's a Carapace kingdom, there's a troll kingdom, there's a human kingdom. Yeah. Um. That was shown in the credits. Yeah. Uh, the didn't hang on. Didn't we say the? Didn't you say that the the credits were like wiped out? Uh, by no. the epilogues, or no. am I misremembering? That's the Snapchats that that were like okay. outside of the credits that were posted after the credits came out. Uh, okay. The credits are still. I I I'm going to use this word. Don't be afraid of it. Canon. <laughs> uh, in the sense that they are relevant to the epilogues. Uh, but but, I I I did like hammer down on the fact when we were originally reading Homestuck. The, the title of the credits is post canon. Mm-hmm. They they are re- okay. They are relevant to the epilogues. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um. World building. So, uh, our last little bit of the prologue uh, here is the picnic with uh John and Roxy and Calliope. Um. And this is where the choice is presented to us. Um. Let's see. So the main theme uh of this uh this little chunk is John has never really quite gotten over Roxy. Um and it's a little bit painful. Um 
him and Roxy have grown distant uh, over time, uh, and Roxy has gone with Calliope, um, and he doesn't feel great about it, uh, which is, you know, understandable. It kind of sucks, and it is a little bit rough as a reader to be, like, to, to rejoin on, like, everyone is just kind of living these normal, uh, very, just very normal lives with very normal, uh, problems and, like, opportunities to fuck up. Yeah. I guess this is the theme going on, going forward. Um, yeah, I, the, the real one that, the, the thing that kills me here, um, is the line on, uh, page 23, um, the, what is it? You wonder suddenly watching her. This version of her, that is. The one with whom you share all these bittersweet memories. Will you ever see her again? Uh, the reminder that, like... Like... It's an ambiguous, really important thing at the end of Homestuck that uh, John and Roxy are, like, the only people from the original timeline. Or, like, the, the they they share this, uh, like, trauma and these memories of, like, what it was like to have everybody in that timeline die besides them and then go back and save it through this batshit caper. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it just really, it, it really hit me as really sad considering that like the, that experience is, uh, they share that experience and then it kind of, they just kind of drifted away in a very normal way. Um, man. Yeah. Very sad. Heavy uh, shit. Heavy shit. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, as we, we go on, um, Calliope, uh, offers, Calliope and Roxy offer up the choice. Um, apparently the, the, basically, as is customary, everybody but John knew that John was going to have to go and fight Lord English today. Um, so Calliope and Roxy present the choice, uh, of whether or not he actually has to do it. Um, which presents us uh, through the medium of meat or candy. Um, meat uh, being the one that will... What is it? Well, how does it describe it? Uh, meat uh, described as rich and filling, uh, but could be tough to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas candy is described as easy and bright, uh, but if you eat too much, it might make you sick. And boy, howdy, are those descriptions no joke. <laughs> um, yeah. How did you feel about the prologue? Uh, I kind of wanted to, to do the prologue on its own, but I, I realized that would be like a really, really short episode. Uh, but when you read it, how did, how were you feeling? I like the prologue a lot. Um, I can it, it. I was thinking throughout the whole reading that like it it feels like some great homestuck content throughout. Um, and now that you said that, like the whole thing dropped post prologue, and then everybody went and read uh read it. That makes more sense that everyone would have like the weird experience reaction to it. Yeah. Um. Just the prologue on its own is great. Um. It's really good. Uh. I I, I feel like the biggest sin, the thing, I, the thing I need to figure out, um, the most going going through the prologues or going through the epilogues is like giving some more uh room to the to like the writing because it is it's very well written. Like the um. The. Uh, I can't remember any of the words from English class. Um, <laughs> it's it's compelling. It's funny. Uh, it, 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 it tastes like Homestuck. Um, it flows. 
and it's it's good at making you raise your eyebrows when it, 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 I I notice things and yeah. I'm like that seems bad. Uh, I think um, I think I, I think the main writer who did like all the prose was uh, Cepheid Variable. I think that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Hussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I think the way that the writing went is that Hussy did like a, an outline and did like a good chunk of like uh characters talking. Mm-hmm. Uh but then Cepheid Variable came in and did like most of the actual like writing writing. Uh and then other people came in and edited it. Generally one editor, yeah. Yeah. The, the, I feel like uh the like fixating on like um the the specific writer of things is I feel like it's just like increasingly less helpful as we move on unless it's for something like the the friend sim point yeah um yeah I, at this point like I I maybe okay the purists are gonna get mad about this but, like I don't really care about who is specifically writing it it tastes like Homestuck to me and I enjoy it yeah um and it has it has Hussey's blessing on it so like that's enough for considering yeah. it homestuck uh speaking speaking of friends him how, how how ironic that we are now presented with a decision after we spent an entire video game built around decisions and the impact that can have yeah yeah isn't, isn't that crazy mm-hmm. uh but but yeah i when the, when the when the prologue came out i was i was like really excited because there's like a new dimension to this because homestuck like the narration is like about actions and characters like mm-hmm. say how they feel, but we've never really gotten this, this like inside the brain perspective where there's all these details and, and, and it's really good. And I love it. Yeah. I think like most of like what we get from like how characters like, like internals in Homestuck is like, we get how they express themselves to the other characters and like sometimes the narration will come in and like give a little bit more but uh there's not really there wasn't really before like a lot of um you know it it would be very hard in the medium that homestuck exists in uh for like john to be like silently uh getting twisted up by regret of like not ever uh spending more time with Roxy or doing anything with his teenage years besides, you know, sitting at home crying about dead dad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like a very, that that's like a yeah huge new dimension to it. Yeah. And I, um, I feel like the new dimension is really fitting with the fact that we are now witnessing these characters plus 10 years. Uh, yeah. they, they are very much adults now and have adult feelings. And we'll, yeah. see, we'll it, see more of that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we make our decision, which is uh, we're going with meat. Um, and I Woo! guess we're locked in. Woo, meat. Woo. <laughs> people, people do generally enjoy meat more. Uh, I, I, I believe that is still the sentiment. It's how it was when it first came out. Uh, and I, I, most opinions I read do say I like meat more. Okay, so now I know what opinion to have. So if it, I wanted to be validated by the internet, of course, of course. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, uh, 
diving right into epilogue one on the meat side. We have the um, most grotesque meat eating sequence in all of literature ever. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the you take big bites, almost too big to swallow, so big that you choke on the meaty mulch and hawk some of it up into your nasal cavity. You sneeze out a gooey rope of phlegm and flash. <laughs> you stop for a moment to wipe your face, but your chin is still slippery after you swipe the mess away. Slivers of meat catch between your teeth as you masticate with bestial enthusiasm. Use your thumbnail to fish, fish them out. Pretty good. Pretty why good did, stuff. Why um, did John do this? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he hadn't eaten all day, you know. You know how it is sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, we, we go into it with uh, what I can only read as a very heavy-handed metaphor uh, for what the rest of this is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, which is enthusiastic devouring of all of it, this. And then uh, this, the sudden uh, haunting thoughts of uh, Lord English and how he's the worst guy ever. Um and how the universe is ending, and oh god, uh, why'd I just eat all that raw meat? And John, uh, st- uh, John, uh, after this horrible, uh, meat, what's, what's a good, this, this, this horrible, uh, visceral experience, uh, stands up and says, I know what I must do. Um, and he makes this, he's like, I'm gonna go kill Lord English. And, uh, we have with this moment of like termination, um, and it is the the wind is really taken out of the sails by uh, this underlining like, all right, well, uh, you didn't decide to stay back, so Roxy and Clappy are just gonna leave. Um, and you're gonna, John is just kind of well, all right, I'm on my own now. So John goes back, uh, writes a bunch of notes to all of his friends, uh, eight of them, in fact. Or was ten ten envelopes? Ten, um, yeah. Miscounted ten envelopes uh, in a tidy circle with the names of your ten closest friends. Um, I got eight on the brain. <laughs> Vriska hasn't even made an appearance yet. <laughs> um, and uh, he uh gets out of there. And uh, we're gonna leave John off for a minute there, and we're gonna uh go to Dave. Oh boy. <laughs> what do you mean, oh boy? Who the hell? put politics in my home stuff <laughs> right oh my god this is maybe my favorite part of what we read so far um uh i'm so glad Parsh yeah uh partially because it is uh deeply relatable but i'm not gonna get ahead of myself all right so we are we get our first glance of uh david carcat's home life um 10 years after the events of homestuck uh, after homestuck begins um, and we, and, uh, boy, oh boy, you know that, you know, you know that you got, so you know that you got Carcat back when Carcat appears and the first thing he's doing <laughs> is making intellectual excuses for why he's just watching Jake's ass on TV and he's just talking about it. And he's like, I swear, dude, I'm just thinking about it really hard. <laughs> it's good. I love it. It's it's great. Okay, so, um, Dave and Carcat, uh, Dave and Carcat, uh, living together. Um, we learned they've they've got some kind of compromise worked out where 
Carcat has to be awake during the day, but uh, he also got to design their whole nightmare hive that they live in. So fun, fun, fun stuff. Um, gl- glad to see they're doing well. Um, so Carcat is watching uh, on the TV. Uh, Dirk and Jake's um wrestling program, uh, rap battle slash wrestling program, Rumble in the Pumpkin Patch. <laughs> uh, which is t- described as a schizophrenic cross-section of rap battle and robot wrestling that Rose once described as an exploitative, almost Dada-esque clusterfuck of a circum- circumlocutory pretension and sweaty homoerotic estriction. Um, this rules. It rules. It owns. Carcat uh, <laughs> is... Carcat's watching the show... Uh, making a lot of notes on how the whole thing seems to be just a, uh, focused on uh, Jake's sex appeal um, and how just obscene it is. Um, but Dave's got more important things to talk about. Dave's got politics on the brain. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, we learned that Jane is running for president. Um, and we are brought to one of our... Uh, in An early kind of uncomfortable transition, I think, from Homestuck into the epilogues that probably gave a lot... I'm going to guess gave people some trouble. Uh, yeah, a lot of people got really pissed off at this. Uh, I, 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 I can't believe that people on the internet got pissed off that a work of fiction started expressing... Uh, started talking about politics from, like, a vaguely leftist perspective. That's crazy. Yeah, not only that, but I think a lot of people just got really mad about how Jane's talked about uh, I think I think one of the biggest things a lot of people disagree about with the epilogues is the direction of Jane's character. Uh, a lot of people would like to reclaim Jane and make her not a xenophobic fascist. As yes, as as Dave describes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jane, justice for Jane likers, I guess. Um, uh, but of. Of the of Jane Likers, I would not count myself one. Um, Dave certainly wouldn't. Uh, he's really upset this notion that Jane would be running for any position of power on Earth three, Earthsea. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't tell her I said this, but I think she's basically a fascist." Um, and of course, and also uh, a xenophobe, to which Carcat enthusiastically agrees. So, yeah. Um, I was thinking like. In, not only would this probably be offensive to the Jane likers, but this is another kind of uh, boundary uh, that we didn't really have a ton of in th- like we're crossing over now that we're in, in, in the epilogues and out of like the comic because I-, I think we're very used to it because we just did Friendsim and Friendsim is like literally every character well like 75% like a hundred percent of the relevant characters in Friendsim um have like some kind of political like personal political philosophy that uh influences how they interact with the main character and like what their route is yeah um that was like not really a thing in homestuck like carcat like we like uh carcat like you know started talking like he was would make a good leader towards the end like you know he started saying things that sound good but like there we never really had to deal with any like reality of like any characters being adults and like having like you know more or less fully formed brains and having ideas about how the world should be so like we never really had to consider before that you know maybe one of these characters is little racist against trolls or like in a situation where trolls and humans were put together they might get a little bit racist 
and you know, in ways that we're more familiar with. Yeah. Like, um, I can I can understand Jane Likers being a little upset about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but my thing is I I believe the route of her character in this because her whole thing is like her entire childhood. She was being groomed to be like an heiress. Yeah. By by the Condes. Yeah, and, and I guess not to get ahead of ourselves here because like you know we haven't really. Yeah, we haven't seen her. We haven't we haven't seen her yet. Uh, but yeah, like you say. But but another thing is like. I feel like it's only natural to explore, like, maybe one of the characters is a little racist against trolls, because mm-hmm. we, we have to think about, like, the society that they set up. We have to keep in mind, eight kids made this planet, set up a society with, with a bunch of clones, and then jumped forward 5,000 years. What yeah. What would that look like? <laughs> Yeah, um, and the, I, I guess what we, we learn, uh, the, what it looks like is, has maybe still got some issues going on, uh, for, uh, the troll people of Earthsea. Um, the, the, okay, before we get, <laughs> Obama. Obama. <laughs> Dave's fanatical love of obama um i am not i can't personally directly relate to this um because dave is a couple years older D- dave would be a couple years older than i am mm-hmm. um in this time i was not really the obama obama's uh election was like not it occurred before i had any kind of political uh ideas in my head at all like any Same. comprehension of anything yeah um so like I can't I can't say that like I was a fervent believer in Obama and then his the reality of his neoliberalist neoliberal presidency uh kind of put us on the train tra- trajectory that we're on now, um, but I did live through uh and I was very involved in two uh well I can't say very uh, on a relative scale but like you know I was pretty politically engaged and like pretty active uh for two Bernie Sanders campaigns mm-hmm. um. And I can, there is something just deeply relatable about, like, uh, Dave's fanatical hope, um, for, uh, like, reborn, like, rebirthing the spirit of Obama's progressivism, uh, through Carcat, and, like, putting his weight behind it, like, you know what I'm saying? I get it a little bit. I get it a little bit. Um... And, uh, the, this, like, the epilogue's coming out, like, during the Trump presidency also, you know, it's it's very, very poignant. Um, and it's also really funny, the way that Dave talks about Obama is hilarious, uh, but it is also, uh, I understood, I started to understand what you said about them being, like, deeply relatable, because I'm like, man, this shit's fucked. Yeah. Um. We also learned the mayor is no longer with us. Pain. Pain uh, and also suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's fucked, man. Um, okay. Uh, Earth, sea. Um, yeah, so we learned that Dave uh, has this... Uh, Dave is really into Obama, but specifically he's like really into the idea of like 
uh okay so reminder that in uh in canon um well truthfully to the point of reference that we are speaking from um obama's presidency never really played out because the earth was destroyed in 2009 by a bunch of meteors um i mean civilization anyway uh and then uh obama escaped to the other uh to uh the alpha timeline and uh things kind of got out of hand um in that version of uh, modern events uh-huh. um so but so dave like has latched on to the idea of like, but what if Obama had like a real presidency? He would have made everything so great. Um, and uh, Dave wants to oppose Jane by uh, tabling Carcat as an as an opponent, and he hopes to revive uh, revive the spirit of Obama through Carcat. Um, literally, okay. Uh, but I mean, what if, uh, what if like he could be reborn? Uh, yes, we've been over the your Obama God tier head cannons too. No, like reborn is you metaphorically. You could be the greatest president. You could be the great president. He never got the chance to be. You give the people hope and shit. You could inspire trolls everywhere, or really all non-human kingdoms. Show them anybody could be a president, not as an endless parade of rich humans who think they all know what's best for everybody. I'm gonna stop dwelling on this, but it's great. This is it's, awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Um, the, the, the specific social ills that Dave wants to solve, um, the, 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 the one of which that, uh, we learn of immediately is that, uh, troll, the way that trolls have been integrated into earth society is a little bit questionable. Um, like you said, they, this is a situation where a bunch of kids design a society and then we're like, all right, we're going to go 5,000 years in the future and then chill. Um, and then, uh, in, in the intermediary here, um, trolls are, troll populations are now regulated by the government. Um, there's still not a sustainable, or it, it's, it, the, there's not yet, uh, a, like, sustainable, normal, uh, uh, what would you call it? Like, trolls are not reproducing in the, it, by natural means yeah. or like the means the, the uh they they would on alternia yeah. um rather uh trolls are uh more trolls are created by cloning um until a uh like mother grub situation is viable um and this is handled by the government so trolls are subject directly by the government to population control and uh Dave is really frightful of a future where Crocker, where a, like a Crocker presidency occurs, um, because he sees her platform as you know, she's gonna pander to her uh, racist human base, um, and things are gonna get worse for a population for a, a population of people that are already you know dependent completely on how the government feels about them for their species to even continue existing, um, which is some pretty dark shit. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's fucked. Yeah, um, and he mentions that, like, the reason that, you know, Jane can get away with this is, you know, uh, humans know about the history of the Alternian Empire, like, they know about, uh, the castes, like, they know about what happened, uh, when there was a fully troll society, um, and as the readers, we know that that was solely because of Scratch's influence, and there was a previously, uh, completely, like, you know, relatively peaceful uh, alternia uh that was 
it could exist without uh, everything that made the fucking nightmare was in the beta universe. Yeah. Um. Or yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh. We are now things are being put to us in terms of very you know real politics that we can. And it's <laughs> the metaphor is not very uh not very um it's pretty transparent. Uh, so yeah, um, Dave, uh, shifts into tactical mode. He starts talking about how, like, all right, this is how we're going to, this is how we can, uh, actually w- get you the presidency. Um, Karkat is of mixed enthusiasm. Uh, generally, generally enthusiasm levels are very low. Um, but, uh, as he sees that Dave really gives a shit about this and like, this is important to him, uh, Carcat is like, you know what? Fine, I'll do it. It's really cute. Um, and yeah, so Dave Dave goes into tactician mode. He starts talking about uh endorse political endorsements. So he's like, all right, we need to get uh if we get like John, then that'll be a huge for the the consort kingdom. But the consort kingdom has relatively low uh, voting power because of, to, per capita because of the way their population blooms out of control. They've been gerrymandered to not have as much power. Uh. On on like that. Um, it's it's fun. I I the the like political strategist Dave just talking about shit is like really entertaining. I'm just glad to have more Dave dialogue. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it, it's good old Dave. Um, I just I also just like that Dave has become like he he he's a poster at heart. Uh, he's 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 a leftist poster at heart. Um. I like how he talks about Jake, uh, and he, like he throws up the squ- he throws up apolitical and scare quotes, which is like, yeah, I can see how this was pissing people off online. Yeah, uh, in <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great. Um, but uh, Dave gets a call from, in the midst of this conversation. Dave gets a call from Dirk, uh, who he mentions is almost decidedly going to be on Jane's side. Um, but uh, yeah, he gets a call from Dirk, who is also in the still in the middle of the live broadcast of a Rumble in the Pumpkin Patch. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we we leave off as a uh, as Carcat uh leaves Dave and Dirk, leaves the Striders to have their phone conversation. Very cool. Um, yeah, po- cool. politics in my homestuck. It's really good. It not only is it like relatable, but it's funny and it's entertaining and it's it's, it's just good. I yeah, like it. I it, enjoy it. it. It fits nicely. It makes sense. Like mm-hmm. like I believe that the twenty three year olds are talking about politics like this. Absolutely, Dave is Dave is such a Chapo Trap House listener. <laughs> like Dave, religion, like when like I'm talking like the the first like year that Chapo was like a big thing on the computer. Uh, I, I believe that Dave was like completely a biologic reply guy for at least a year. <laughs> Good. It's it yeah. Um, probably probably my favorite part uh, of this reading. Um, also I, like I gotta find a good example of him here, but um, duh, duh, duh. the <laughs> oh okay yeah. There's a lot of just like you know. Very, uh, just, there's a lot of just, like, soft Dave Cat content. Not even soft, like, cute Dave Cat content in here. Um, like, the, the narration, uh, off, like, throws in, uh, like, um, but, but, like, they're reading the news on Dave's phone, and Carcat, like, does the thing where he tips his head over and then rests his head on Dave's shoulder. It's, like, 
they're working that in with the narration. It's really cute. I enjoyed it. Good shit. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that, uh, I'm, I'm very glad that Dave and Karkat are being done justice, uh, at least thus far. Um, did I mention at all yet this episode that I haven't read these before? I think everyone, I think, like, we're assuming everyone knows this, but I haven't read these before ever. So this is my first experience. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move us along, because we've still got a good couple chunks to go. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, so we leave Dave and Carcat, and we catch up, we, we, we go back to, uh, John re-entering the um re-entering cannon. Uh he's landed uh on the battleship um just in time to intercept Arania getting coming out of the fridge. Yeah. Um and the it, interceptor he does. Yeah, he's in the game over timeline. Yeah. Yes, the, the yes, the game over timeline. Um right before Arania comes out and fucks everything up. Uh and so to prevent this. Uh, he simply decks her in the face, uh, and knocks her out and takes the ring from her. Cool. Another, uh, another circuit downed by a powerful Egbert punch. <laughs> <laughs> another one. Um, Gamzy appears. Yeah. I hate him. Woo, Gamzy! The- Woo! <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the, the, uh... The, the 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 written dimension, like the the book, the narration taking more of a you know foreground uh, in, in in book fashion just opens up so many opportunities for uh, using words to describe Gamzy. <laughs> Gamzy stares up at you with his horrible, limpid eyes. There's something serene, sinister, and sensual all at once about the look he's laying on you. It sends a shiver down up the whole length of your spine. Buck no. Like, Incredible. That's great. It's good. It's so good. It, extremely effective uh, communication of what looking at Gamzy is what <laughs> looking at Gamzy is like. Um. Oh, th- this uh this little section. Uh, one of the bits I was gonna do. I was thinking about uh just opening this by saying I understand how this ruined Homestuck for people. Um, because it describes Gamzy's cod pieces jiggling. I didn't need that image in my nightmare. Head. <laughs> All right, so we've knocked out Arani, we've taken the ring, um, and we've uh, put Gamzy back in the fridge. Um, moving on, uh, we zap to the next plot point. So, John arrives at the land of heat and clockwork at the point where uh, previously he arrived, and then previously he arrived again. So there are now three Johns here. My God, what will this do? <laughs> So, so Dave, uh, who is who's been caught off guard again in the middle of a monologue, uh, is now faced with three Johns. Um, as is Jade, who is also there, uh, Grimbark Jade, if you'll remember. Um, John uh, swoops in and kind of is like, "Hey guys, um, so." We gotta go beat Lord. Uh, we gotta go beat Lord English now. I know that uh, the timeline's fucked, and now there's three of me here. Uh, but I'm gonna grab. I need to grab you too, and we gotta go fight Lord English. Um, let's see. Uh, they it 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 it, it they go along with it. John grabs them and zaps them out of there. Um, well, go along with it, but whatever. 
John uh, zaps Jade and Dave out of there. Um, but before, uh, there's a little conversation between adult John and the, 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 the in-canon Dave. Yeah. Um, where John is just horrifically unpersuasive. Um, but uh, leads it off with saying, like, it, it, does this sound less bullshit than anything else we're already doing? And Dave's like, God damn it, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> so we're assembling our party. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any... I didn't really see anything... I didn't spot anything that uh, set my sniffer off in this little chapter. Um, so uh, I I don't got much to say about it. Um, yeah. it's it, 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 it just seems like a little moment to... Reference back to Homestuck proper, set things up, mm-hmm. getting yeah, the team back together. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so we go back uh, to uh, the the date the Strider conversation. Um, the <laughs> as Dirk is still in the midst of filming uh, Rumble into Pumpkin Patch. Um, and. Oh man, Dirk is here. Oh man. Epilogue's Dirk is an interesting character who I am sure that I will not know how to feel about for a, probably a really long time. Why's that? Um, he's given some weird vibes. I can tell. I you're, can tell. Uh, you're picking up on weird, weird vibes here? Dirk's weird. Dirk's all... Dirk's all I, I, this might shock you, but I've always thought that Dirk had kind of weird vibes sometimes. Okay. Um... <laughs> yeah uh uh there's this conversation that struck me as a th- this this is something that set the sniffer off um uh what page is this uh 31 um this whole bit where uh dave asked dirk if his weird gay wrestling show is fake um uh-huh. and dirk dirk launches into this long uh very normal sounding spiel um about how like isn't everything fake when you think of it like that like sure there's some showmanship involved and we uh you know you hold back or you're not entirely truthful uh in the in the in the, in the midst of the show but like isn't that just life like you know you lie to people like uh you uh with like um you lie to people in your everyday life. Like, what's the difference between what, what makes uh, wrestling any less real than uh, what's this example? Like, to then picking our battles in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting thing to say. Um, and uh, yeah, I I am uh, I'm interested to see what Dirk is up to because there, it sounds like he's up to fucking something. There, there's also the one line that that I I really like. Uh, he says, and when it comes to theater, there are just so many reasons for restraint, to build tension, to set the stage, to give the people someone to root against. It's a really good line. I really like that line. Hmm. The, the theater thing also raises some eyebrows, given that, uh, we, the, the whole, like, like, Caliborn's masterpiece is a, uh, is, is also part of this reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, 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 read, I read through this twice um, in preparation. And after, on my second read-through, uh, after I had, like, also gone back and reread the masterpiece part of Homestuck, 
um, just to refresh myself on that whole scene, I was like, hmm, Dirk said theater. Interesting. Yeah. I, th- I think it's only natural to be skeptical of Dirk because in Homestuck proper, Dirk, there's so much stuff that Dirk does that's kind of hmm-worthy. Uh, there, there was him setting himself up to be like the puppet master of the Alpha Kids session. Like he put everything mm-hmm. in motion. Uh, the, there's the fact that autoresponder is part of Lord English. Uh, mm-hmm. and we discussed that a little bit back when it happened. Uh, which is like not Dirk's fault, but like, yeah, it, depending on how much you want to view that as revealing. Yeah. D- Dirk, Dirk is just generally heavily associated with puppets. And I think anybody who's heavily associated with, with puppets should, should, you should be skeptical of that. <laughs> <laughs> life advice from john <laughs> yeah the yeah and and the the relevant bit to that um is uh when in, when it comes up um what is it uh dirk like acknowledges he, he makes reference to political capital um in mm-hmm. terms of uh endorsement and dave's like oh god damn it we got to talk about we well, guess we're going to talk about this now um so yeah, Dirk is uh Dirk is pro Jane, um and the way that he talks about like about his endorsement of her is, you know, it's pretty it's about as fucking Dirk as it gets. You know, he doesn't really explain shit. He's like, I have my reasons. I think you're wrong, uh, but uh, I uh I know that uh, in my heart uh and with my plan that Jane will be the greatest, uh, and we need it, um. Which is like, it, it becomes a lot less endearing as a character trait uh, when it's like talking about like politics in the in the frame and like and all we know about this candidate that's endorsing is that she's probably pretty racist against trolls um, yeah. and may or may not have like the may, may or may not uh, have a pretty direct real world allegory. Um, yeah. To a political movement, yeah, it, it really, it really, it really calls Dirk into question. Is Dirk also racist against trolls, uh, or is he just using Jane's True. racism uh, to achieve some other goal? Yeah, um, and like because it's Dirk, I'll, I'll, I'm more ready to believe that it's like he sees whatever Jane is going to do is like, like she's a she's a puzzle piece. Like I don't think that Dirk is like. Dirk is probably not like the. I'm gonna say that uh, I doubt that Dirk's end game is like we must secure a hope. A, a no, no. Mind. Um, like I, I doubt. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not jumping there immediately. But like, it is. It, it becomes a lot harder to like side with him and like like him. When yeah. It's like, uh, what is what is his motivation here? Like, what's going on? Like, what yeah. is the what are the real implications of this? Like, what is he? What is he? Uh, what are his calculations? Um, yeah, and Dirk is also, like, saying, like, yeah, Kirk is gonna be just a shitty president. Um, uh, he's like, listen, Dave, I already, I always knew that you were gonna react like this, which is just dickhead, d- just plain dickhead shit, even if you did already know, come on. Yeah. Anyway, Dirk's being Dirk. I, I, I do like him, but, like, interesting new dimension to consider. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Dave's one line here. This is the most. This this, this lends further credence to my uh, Dave Chapo listener theory. Um, where uh, what is it? Uh, Dirk says, uh, 
We've all had our fun here, but it's easy to overlook the fact that civilization on Earth Sea is hardly a sustainable proposition. Just beneath the surface, it's quite a dangerous and unstable place. Which is also, like, that line on its own, um, from Dirk, uh, is, like, also a little bit weird. Um, yeah. Just, again, when you start bringing, like, real politics into it, like, and hearing things the way that you would if somebody in real, like, considering, hearing things and considering the way that you would if somebody in real life uh, heard them, said them. It, it it makes uh some of the some of some of Dirk's some some of Dirk's dialogue a little bit more questionable, um. But uh, Dave responds to this with a I know that, which is why actually I think it would be cool to have a president that is good instead of bad. <laughs> it's a good thing to want. <laughs> he's he's so good. I fucking love just like poster Dave. I miss Dave so much. My God. Uh, let's see. So. Uh, oh, there's also this, it also, oh yeah, Dave also says, like, um, there's also, like, a direct reference to, uh, they're differing on, a uh, on policy. Where is it? Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> Dave's obsession with the economy, too. I don't think we even brought that up. He loves to bring up the economy. Um, but, uh, Dirk's, it's alluded to that they've had clashes in the past over this. Dirk being, like, um, you know perfectly well how much we differ on fiscal policy. Yeah. Uh, maybe now we shouldn't argue about it. Um, that's an interesting line, too. Like, that's that's such, like, a, I don't know, like, if you ever had, like, a friend or an acquaintance who, like, you know you differ pretty radically on politically, like, that's a pretty, uh, relatable thing. Like, let's just not do this right now. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Uh so Dirk and uh Dirk hangs up on Dave. Um and uh we go back to uh Rumble in the Pumpkin Patch. Um and uh we get a Dirk cuts Jake loose and he does an epic rap. Um and then tanks him. <sighs> that rap was so epic. I I feel like we're really we've really already uh, encapsulated the complete homesick experience. We've got a shitty. We've already got a shitty rap. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. Tally ho! It's me, Jake McGee. <laughs> <laughs> he rhymes uh, scalawags with jackanapes. Good for him. What what a what what a, what a what a Jake rap. All right, let's see. Okay, so boo, boo, boo. um, that is that is the end of that chapter. Dirk, uh, Dirk hangs up on what Dirk. Okay, Dirk tranks Jake, um, and then uh takes a call from Rose, and then we are left. Uh, that is the end of that uh, little chapter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I I like that part as well. It's quite enjoyable. It's pretty good. Uh, the Dave Dirk. Dave Dirk conversation, uh, really, uh, also, I think, does a good job of underlining how relationships have changed between some of these characters, uh, as, as time has gone on off camera. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, 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 the Strider con, the, the Strider conversations, uh, towards the end of Homestuck were, like, you know, very heartfelt, very about, um, things like, uh, family and like things that were important to Dave's character and Homesuck, yeah. uh, and served to, 
uh, cap off their arcs in that in that work. Um, but here, uh, they've known each other for a long time, and like Dirk is still kind of weird, and they now are on the opposite side of a very important issue. Um, and it's it's interesting. Uh, the uh, the like the friendship is still there. Like the um, it, it, you can tell like they're still like. They're still like they know each other. Like they're the striders are tight, yeah. But uh, it, it, it's it's not a uh, relationship without its issues. Um, which is interesting. It's cool. I like it. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, okay. So moving on to uh, chapter six of epilogue one. Um, we rejoin on John, uh, who has come back to where it all began uh john's house uh from 2009 um and uh yeah we are we are reenacting the big reunion of all of the kids um all four and four uh no trolls here um rose made it clear that uh the only people that john should be bringing on this party are the four the two sets of four kids uh nobody who can die anything less than a uh from a heroic death, or at least that's what John assumes. Yeah. Um, as readers, we know who was present at Caliborn's masterpiece, so mm-hmm. we know. We know. Um, but John doesn't. So yeah, so we've reunited all the we've reunited the kids. Uh, all in all, uh, in John's backyard in 2009 on the original Earth, the one well, not the original Earth, but the yes, the original Earth. Okay. Uh, I'm getting my timelines mixed up in my head. Jesus Christ. Um, we're sitting around, and the kids are... The, all the kids except for John get to have their first reunion for the first time. Or their re- big reunion for the first time. Um, Jake's going fucking crazy on the green slime pogo. Uh, feels like a compl- something complete that we never got before. Love that for him. Um, but uh, John gets to explain what's going on. Um... He's like, all right, uh, I'm sorry I yanked you all out of your timelines. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to you now. I don't even know if you're going to get to see the fruits of your rewards, but uh, we got to go kill Lord English. Um, so let's go, guys. Woo! Woo! Let's um, get that guy. Woo! <laughs> John delivers just a terrible, terrible motivational speech, as is classic John fashion. Um and uh, again, there's another little note to uh, John's relationship with Roxy, uh, as the teenage Roxy uh, responds very enthusiastically, and he has a moment where he's like, "Oh, this is weird." Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> fittingly, uh, the narration reminds us that we ate a bunch of meat a couple minutes ago, um, and this is uh, something that will be associated with that, I suppose. Pretty good. Interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the planning session devolves into what you would probably expect from a bunch of teenagers trying to figure out, trying to discuss how they're going to take down, a uh, immortal green Hulk monster man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, John, uh, begins to feel like, uh, I wanted, I, when I was taking notes, I wanted, I, I started saying jealous, but I don't really think that's what's getting across here. Um, it says, uh, it feels, the narration says, like, it feels cheap. Um, let's see. Where is it? 
Uh, I, this was another big thing where, like, this I was like, this strikes me as important to remember. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, your teen friends have split off into genetically segmented groups. Roxy and Rose sitting in the grass. Jaden and your shared ecto parents laughing together by the green slime pogo, and the Striders leaning against the farthest fence with a tense foot and a half of space between them. It's heartwarming. But something doesn't feel right about it to you, possibly for selfish reasons. It's the selfishness of your own perspective, of wanting the memories you had of the reunion between all these people to be the most notable and legitimate manifestation of the event. To see the moment echo, or play out all over again. To overhear the heartfelt confessions repeat themselves. It feels cheap. To you, that is. To the man who lived through it all before and selfishly doesn't want to have the memory tarnished with a toddler reprisal. An exhibition of the counterfeit emotional catharsis among pale shadows of those who you care about most in the world. You wonder... Do you see these teen versions of your friends as real? Are you treating them, at Rose's behest, as simple puppets, doing your part to insist they fill friend-shaped recesses in an essential plan to stabilize all else that can be considered important, a distinction no longer applying to them? Do you care at all about whatever fate it may be that you are sentencing these children to? Are you becoming as complicit as the fatalist evils of paradox space as Lord English himself? Are you becoming a monster, John Egbert? This is a cool passage because it's just talking about, like, the book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot to think about. I, I this this part feels so sad to me because like when when the retcon happened, uh, we talked about how, how everyone was pretty agitated when the old versions of the characters that were seen as like the true versions of the characters were essentially discarded, killed off, and replaced by new ones. Yeah, and now we see those original characters essentially drug out of their graves before they met their death <laughs> to to do something in service of the new versions of those characters. Yeah. It's it's really sad to me. <laughs> and John has to like be there. Like John is like so aware of everything and just has to go mm-hmm. through with it. Yeah. I don't um... like it. I don't like it. It makes me frown. <laughs> It's sad. It's it's really happy stuff. Um, but like, <clears throat> it it strikes me also as just like being about the experience of like uh, being like a reader coming back, to, like coming to this for the first time, or yeah. like like ex- basically that, um, or even like as the author who is like creating it. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can read this, but like they might like it feeling cheap. Um, that feels like the book is, like, reaching out to me as somebody who, like, potentially could take issue with dragging these characters out of their graves and being like, all right, now you have to kill an English so that the new versions of you can uh, have drama on Earth-C. Like, it's like it's saying, it's like it's saying, like, I get it. Yeah. Um, like, maybe this is, like, maybe this is painful for you, but, like, considering this or like feeling like this is cheap is like, you know, it's intentional or it's, if not intentional, like it's, it's expected. Um, and I can understand also, you know, getting this and not liking it, you know, it, you don't have to, you don't have to think this is like cool and not pretentious. Um, but it, it, maybe it's a little bit pretentious, but I, I think it's, I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this passage is really cool because, like, there's that reading. Um, and then the part where it's, like, uh, are you becoming as complicit in the fatalistic evils of paradox space as Lord English himself? Like, that seems like maybe some more author reflection. Uh, or it could also be, like, asking the reader, like, 
consider like do you just want thing like uh what do you want like what what do you, what would what would you do here um yeah. I think it's an interesting question to pose. Is like, you know, are you just as bad as the villain? <laughs> yeah. No one's ever done that before. There's also the part with Dad that makes me really sad. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. Um, the the moment right before this passage is uh, John goes around the back of the house. John goes around the back of the house just to um, uh, or tr- walks around the house just to get away from this big spectacle that he's not sure he can be part of. Well, he can't. He can't be part of. Yeah. Um. And uh, he sees his dad through the window. Um. And it's like, shit, dude. It's sad. Fucked up and uncalled for. <laughs> I I wasn't I wasn't ready for like more uh like dad sad stuck. I should have expected. I should have been ready for it, but I really wasn't. Yeah. Um. And it's, it's, it's really, like, set, like, uh, the, the, the part where, um, like, John, it occurs to John, like, this is maybe the last chance I'll ever have to see him, and then he makes an excuse just to not do it, is just really sad, and, um, man, like, as somebody who has an excuse, who has, like, a tendency to, like, make excuses to, like, not do stuff, like, this just kind of, it was like, man, no, talk to him, please. It's fucked up. That would be that would have horrible repercussions. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but it hurts a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, we have we have this moment considering you know all the implications of grabbing these kids out of the timeline to go do this battle, um, and then uh, John decides it's time to get these kids and go do this battle. Um, Damn. and they take off the la- and, uh, the last line of this chapter the last thing you hear before zapping away is your dad's kitchen timer going off in his study like man 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 we love dad alright okay moving on to the 7th chapter of epilogue 1 um, we rejoin on Dirk and his conversation with Rose um, and we learn some pretty we learn some pretty interesting concepts here, or at least uh, we explained some concepts that we got a, a taste of earlier. Yeah. Um, Rose, uh, Rose is like, "Hey, I'm coming apart. Um, my my seer powers are my seer of light powers are just making it so hard to exist. I'm like, she just she, what? How does she describe it? Um, buh, buh, buh. Years of refining my seer of light powers have cursed me with what is approaching near-infinite prescience. Dwelling in this idyllic post-canon realm has worn down the barriers separating my primary consciousness from the memories and experiences of all my doomed alternate selves, which were forgotten and discarded over the course of our journey. Uh, As I approach the realization of my Cap's ultimate self, I cannot stop the extant knowledge from seeping in. I am plagued by near-constant visions from the less fortunate versions of myself, as well as a broadening view of the metatextual narrative nature of our existence. Um... So, the, the concept of the ultimate self, this is something that we also touched in on Homestuck, but we didn't have a name for it, really. Yeah. I mean... Officially. The the words ultimate self together were said by... Were they? Yeah, they were said by Dave Petta. Of course. Uh, in in of the course. conversation with Jade. 
Like the concept was there. We, 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 the, the concept of like, oh, there's barriers in your brain that are, that are dividing all the different versions of Jade. Right, right. Yeah. Like, uh, like that, mean, co- that concept existed, but in the way that it was presented in Homestuck, it, it felt more like a, like a, like a metaphor. But, yeah, but. It, it were taken literally like a sprite squared thing. Yeah. Because, because, um, because Dave Petta did talk about being able to, w- was essentially the culmination of all Nepetas and all Daves. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay, on me for forgetting that. Um, but yeah, we, we, we go into this concept. We're, we're given a refresher on this concept, I suppose, uh, yeah. by Rose and Dirk. Um, Rose explaining that uh, this is, process is, in fact, happening to her. Um, not by being a sprite squared, but just having been hanging out in post-canon for long enough and being a seer of light. Um, this is a... Uh, this is a thing, uh, right? Like... The, to have it be a thing in in your book you're writing that, um, the character from the comic that the book is a sequel to is becoming the internet synthesis of all versions of her. Yeah, that's cool. That's something. It's neat. I like it. Um, I enjoy the ultimate self concept a lot. Yeah. Uh, Dirk is a uh, Dirk confesses that he is also experiencing the same pro- the pro- same process. Dirk just casually drops a a, a, a same twinsies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, he just says same. For, well, in the spirit of full disclosure, same. Um, but Dirk also explains that uh he is he he experienced the same process um of like the boundaries of his awareness breaking down and like synthesizing all. Uh, all versions of himself from all timelines. Um, and how actually for him it was easy. Um, because he's special. Because he's cool. Uh, well, there's a, there, there's a little bit of a distinction. Uh, mm-hmm. because with Rose, she she talks about having visions. That's that's the whole thing about Sears is that they they have visions. Uh, yeah. With with Dirk, he specifies. That he is now, uh, 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 what is it? What does he say? I, I now I know almost everything about everyone, everywhere. Which, which is, I, I feel like a pretty big distinction, uh, from I'm having visions of doomed selves. Like he, he's saying that he's aware, uh, and I feel like that that that's like alluding to like the fact that he's a heart player and she's a light player uh because the 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 fact that he says everyone uh heart players deal with souls mm-hmm. uh and i i i don't know i feel like it's just worth pointing that out yeah yeah that's uh that, 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 yeah fair enough um the 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 it it does like uh, I'm trying to see here. Yeah, like it, it's the the first time it's introduced when Rose is explaining it to John. Um, she does present it through like a very like class spec specific lens. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense that um, people who eventually undergo this process like it's reflected in their uh their class and aspect, like how it manifests. Um, yeah. Like what they gain from it. 
Um, but yeah, Dirk does describe it as like knowing everything about everyone everywhere, which I think also you have some room to be like that's that's a Dirkism. Um, yeah, that's just him being a dick. But also, he knew that that Dave was calling him to uh, like right after the car crash. Uh, other way around, I'm getting my words mixed up. Uh, Dirk called him knowing that he had just like talked to Carcat about the presidency yeah. thing. Like he immediately knew that Dave was about to set up the whole Carcat president thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. I believe it. You got me. Okay. Um, where's, so yeah, Dirk is like, yeah, me too. Oh, this is how I've been experiencing it. Um, but he offers, uh, he's like, Hey, I have a, I have a solution. Uh, you want to come over, uh, my studio, uh, I can hook you up. I can show you what's up with that. Um, and so I'm immediately like, I'm like okay, robot man, we're going to, you're going to, you made a robot, you made a robot rose. It's going <laughs> to fly around or whatever. That's my guess. That's what my guess was going to be. Um, he made a robot body for her. Uh, but we're not going to find out today. <laughs> um, yeah. What else? Uh, fucking... There's another line that I really like in this segment. Uh, it's, every piece has a purpose, a slot, an interlocking mechanism that is functionally pointless without the hole. I really like that line. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I, this is like a really good, uh, like this little paragraph, I think is just a really good insight into Dirk. And like, this is part of why, like, I I just love this format already just because it gives you this insight, like, like the other dimension where it's like, you like we wouldn't be we wouldn't have this chance of like Dirk reflecting on his own methods through the lens of how Rose describes him. Like it's a little thing, but like it I think it goes so far to be like Dirk knows that like and the way like Dirk knows and sees himself like as like the puppet master. Or yeah. like he knows he, he sees things like a very mechanical way, like he acknowledges that like that's how he deals with things. Um and I am just so curious as to where this is going to go with the whole Jane thing. Oh, my God. Okay. You got me. It's working. Let's go. The f- Okay. The final uh, the final uh, chapter of Epilogue 1, um, uh, John brings the team to the, fi- to, the, to the scene of the showdown, um, to the theater, little theater set. Uh, Caliborn's there. Gamzee's there, Lil Cal's there. Oh my uh, god, it's happening! And shit's about to go down. Um. Yeah. Uh. It's a. Uh, and then uh, we we get a, a a little showdown. Um. Calborn is like, all right, it's time to do the play, and now you will be part of it, and that's where we leave off. Yeah. Holy shit. shit. It's happening. Shit. It is it it, it 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 I guess it's I guess it's happening. All right. Woo. And that was the first reading. Um how you feeling? I feel like that was really good and I feel like I am probably going to have a good time from here on out. I also feel Go. like you're a trickster devil, and whatever happens in the next reading will be... And you've specifically segmented it up so that I get, like, whiplash. <laughs> but 
so far, um, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Um, I yeah, like we talked about. I really like the the dimension that the the narration adds, and like being able to get a little bit more into each character's perspective, especially John's. Um, but also like we saw like Dirk, uh, and a little bit of Dave even. Um, the like the. The, the trajectory of the the of the characters' lives, I feel like, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this is why, I, I, don't, I don't know if people, like, really got mad about, like, where they, like, like the Jane Likers thing. Um, yeah. I guess I could see myself being pretty upset if, like, they did that to Dave or Carcat. Yeah. Um, but, like, generally, uh, even though I like these characters a lot, I'm attached to a great many of them, um... I feel like I just care a little bit less on average about like how they're used to tell a story uh, than like what they actually do. I don't know. I guess if I feel like any character has been like radically betrayed, we'll see how my tune changes. Mm-hmm. But um, I am very okay with all the liberties they took uh, setting up at least. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. I'm fine with Jane being like the fascist president, uh, presidential, uh, candidate oh my god um, the jane likers are gonna get your ass uh i'm sorry i'm sorry jane likers i'm sorry i truly am um or like uh is it like the the whole like roxy john thing not really playing out in a really uh fancy storybook way like i think a lot of people probably hoped it would mm-hmm. um or like you know head candidate would um yeah it, it's a little bit depressing to be brought back down to the to to earth uh to earth sea um, and like, okay, we're like, you know, we save the world, but like also we're in our twenties and, uh, we don't know how to be people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's good so far. I really like it. Um, and I am so glad that I have a book that I can just stick post-its in instead of having to like go between the source material and a notebook constantly. Yeah. Thank God. Um, there, there, I have a I have a question for you. Fire away. Do you have any thoughts at all on the fact that it switches between second person and third person? It's uh if I had not read Homestuck pretty recently then I probably would be more disoriented by it. Yeah. Um but I I have very little difficulty switching between like the POV second person narration and then like the uh more traditional like you know I'm reading a book. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's interesting that you asked me that question. <laughs> uh do you have any thoughts at all on the fact that there are command line prompts only in the John sections? Uh the homestuck gonna homestuck Okay. That that's my thought on it. Okay. I hadn't really given it much thought outside of like, okay, we're still doing these. Okay. Um maybe I'll give it some more thought in the future. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you won't have to think about it long. <laughs> <laughs> uh something something that I did want to ask you probably at the beginning of the episode or probably at the end of last episode. Do you okay. ha- do you have like a wish list or anything of things that you want to happen? Because I feel like I just I, I feel I just don't want to hate it. <laughs> okay. That's it. Pretty much. Um I I don't know. Uh 
I just hope that we keep getting, uh, see, now I'm going to jinx it. I just hope we keep getting, uh, Carcat and Dave content. Okay. Um, ideally together, but, uh, just plain old Dave content and plain old Carcat content I'll take too. Um, I, I just love those guys. <laughs> They're just my favorite. I, I mean, we still have um, like another eight chapters of meat and then the entirety of candy. So you can, you can probably get a lot of stuff, even oh, stuff that I'm you're a, not I'm... expecting. So... I'm in no rush right now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fine savoring these, uh, unless unless I hate them next episode. And then I'm like, John, I want you to make us read the rest of it. You're gonna love the next episode. Hate it. You're you're right. you you will love the next episode. If 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 you read the last chapter of of next episode and you don't love the epilogues, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> All right, I'll keep that in mind. Okay, um, yeah, uh, shit, that was our. First jump in the epilogue. Oh my god, um, we did it. The ball is rolling. The ball be rolling. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. Uh let, let's let's hope for the future. Uh speaking of the future, what are we reading next week? Alright. Judging by the fact that we're at an hour and forty now. We are. Uh we're this is probably going to be our grand return to episodes being two hours or more. <laughs> I'm so okay with it. I, I feel so bad whenever we release an episode that's like an hour and ten, and I'm like, ugh, I gotta fill time. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I, I, I'm pretty set on the idea of us reading two portions per episode. So we did the okay. we did the prologue and epilogue one this time, and I... Uh, we're going to do Epilogue 2 and Epilogue 3 next time. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. So, I, it's, it's, we're probably returning to longer episodes. <laughs> Get hyped, everybody. Woo! I don't know. Uh, based, based on YouTube, like, remember on YouTube when, like, the, for a long time, it was optimal to, like, upload, like, a 10-minute a video to YouTube or, like, a 12-minute video because you could hit the right amount of uh, ads without yeah. having to make content. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, overnight, the best thing to do on YouTube was to release, like, a f- six-hour video about Fallout New Vegas. Like, <laughs> we're, we're hitting our video essay part. We get to start just stretching these out. <laughs> All right. But in the interest of not stretching this one out too much longer, uh, do you want to take this one to the close? I would love to. All right, great. Well, um, in that case, uh, I'm Aiden. And I'm John. And you've been listening to our Homestuck podcast, our first jump into the epilogues. Let's go. John, would you like to thank the people who are paying us to do this for some ungodly reason? (laughs) Yes. Shoutouts to the big eight. Uh, Tezrak, Danny, Caffeine, Gareth F., Simon Martins, Corin, Ina E., and Darsh. Thank you for the big bucks. Thank you all so much for the big moolah. Um, if you would like your name among those uh, wonderful, beautiful, illustrious, uh, just pillars of our community, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash hpcast. You can give us, uh, you too can give us your hard-earned uh, boon dollars. Um, if you give us uh, our, our $5 tier, uh, is uh, you can get the episodes on Saturdays instead of on Mondays. So if you're more of a weekend person than a, a Monday person, like many of us, um, consider checking that out. Uh, and if you're not, 
into uh, Saturdays as much, that's fine too. You can give us two fifty, and we'll John will say your name. Um, I'll say your name too if you want me to, but uh, John does it by default, so you gotta make a special request if you want me to say your name. Um, but yeah, if that sounds good, check out uh, Patreon.com/hpcast. Uh, love it. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, and that goes out to all of our listeners in general, uh, regardless of whether they give us money or not. Uh, really does not matter. Um, shout out to everybody sticking around. Um, it's cool again that uh you know you're on this journey with us and with me especially because now i get to read the epilogues i get to find where everyone hates them um so thanks guys and uh let's make this a good one um and finally uh our last shout out as always goes out to alex our artist and editor uh he is the goat we love alex enables everything that we do would not be here without him um thank you so much alex uh for doing this for us for like two goddamn years at this point we finally get to the fucking epilogues let's go all right we'll see you guys next week bye oh wait i wait we uh chapters uh epilogues two and three i got so excited that i forgot see you next week with epilogues two and three from the meat homestuck epilogues all right bye for real this time see you